This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. Here again are Professors Ken Tropshire and Scott Rosner. Welcome back. This is the Wharton Sports Business Show on Business Radio Series XM 111. This is George Perry, and I'm here with Professor Ken Shropshire. And we were just talking about the business of sports for the week and a couple of topics that were near and dear to our heart. Um, but in the second half of the show, we're going to bring on a, a special guest. Um, Dan Roberts is the sports business writer at Yahoo Finance and hosts the recurring video and podcast series Sports, Be- sports Book. He also closely covers tech, cryptocurrency, and media. Before Yahoo, he spent more than five years at Fortune Magazine. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, Dan. You're going to help us understand uh, a lot of what's going on in this, this sports business stuff. Uh, <laughs> we stumbled through a, a half hour, given our uh, uh, broad viewpoints, but you've got a, a couple of, of special topics you've written about over the past few weeks that uh, we want to get into with you. You know, the, the first one really is the, this whole NFL story, and, and we were, um, and, and it seems like it's been a story for for the last you know, two or three years now. NFL ratings, absolutely, and and, and why they are down. What's what's your? And I, I didn't go through your history of stories on this. I don't know if you've changed your opinion or not. <laughs> what's what's your what's your current cast of what's going on? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's been one of the biggest stories, if not the biggest, certainly for the last year in sports is the NFL. What is the state of the NFL? Are people less interested? Why are they turning it off? We're talking about this at a good time, right? Because we're in the playoffs and the NFL playoffs are traditionally pretty exciting. I think the playoffs have the potential and the the exciting Vikings moment was a good example to maybe turn around the narrative a little bit right at the end here before the Super Bowl, uh, the sort of negative news cycle from the regular season. But it was a bad regular season in terms of the business, in terms of ratings. We know that the primetime ratings for the national primetime games on Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night were down close to 10% on average. They were down more this season, in the regular season, than they were last season. Uh, And they were down last season, too. So last year, the excuse that the NFL went with that most people thought was fair and reasonable was the distraction of the election, right? Politics, the campaign cycle. And I think that most people thought that was fair. Uh, And now what's the excuse this time, right? So I think the biggest factor is just a macro business change, and that is the ongoing fragmentation of cable, cord cutting, but specifically more distractions than ever before, more great, delicious, you know, sexy content options, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, original streaming series, as well as the abundance and availability of little bits and bytes and clips and replay highlights on the internet. You know, that's Twitter, that's Snapchat, that's Instagram. The point is uh, options for you to avoid watching a full game. I mean, I'll use myself just anecdotally as an example. I'm a Patriots fan from Boston, but I live in New York. And if it's not the Patriots playing, I feel less inclined than ever to watch a game. I mean, I'll, I'll always watch every Patriots game. But I just, I notice myself less interested overall. And I don't think that that's you know, the political narrative. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, it's down because of the kneeling and protests. I think those have certainly had an impact this year, but it's not the biggest factor. Uh, There are a number of headwinds happening at once. 
like I said, this court cutting, there's the politics. I also think that a lot of people complained that the gameplay wasn't as good this year. I don't really blame the NFL for that because how can they, you know, ensure that the schedule's great? They don't know which teams are going to be great before the year starts. They give it their best guess, but uh, it's a lot at once. So, you know, when we look at the next five years, does the NFL remain as big as it is? Maybe not. So, so Dan, I agree that that uh, you know some of the, the the new ways to watch games, and particularly like NFL Red Zone, probably have an impact. That, that said, uh, you did uh, write about a poll last week or a week or two ago, or we talked about it last week. Uh, I think it was Aussie dot com, and, and talked yeah. about some of the reasons that uh, that fans uh, or that that fans said that they were not watching or they were boycotting and. And right. Donald Trump and and the protests came up quite a bit. Can you talk a little bit about the results of that poll and kind of, you know, how much we should we should take that to heart as well? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think first of all, with the poll, and I mean, what showed us this better than the results of the last presidential election? But with any poll, you take it with a grain of salt, right? Not only because of the various flaws in in polling, but there's nothing forcing someone to really tell the truth. Uh, I mean, I especially when we talk about people who supposedly boycotted the NFL this year because they were offended that a small handful of players were kneeling during the anthem, that's easy to say on Twitter, and a lot of people did. It's easy to vocally, loudly scream that you're boycotting the NFL. What percentage of people who claim that really did turn off their televisions and say, that's it, I'm not going to watch a single game this year? Uh, I think very low. But I'm willing to acknowledge, I mean, clearly this had an impact. I don't think the impact of this was zero. I think there was a number of people who really were offended by the protests and turned off the NFL. Uh, this poll that you're asking about, we wrote it up, but you know, I sort of give the necessary caveats in, in my story. But they asked people who identify as NFL fans, did you purposely stop watching or attending NFL games this year? And so for the purposes of the poll, the, the survey called that boycott. Now, even that, I think, you know, I'm not sure all those people would say, oh, I boycotted. But 33% of people who said they are NFL fans said they purposely stopped watching the season, which is extremely high. I mean, I sort of doubt that it was really 33% overall, but in this poll, 33%, pretty interesting. And then here's the key. They were allowed multiple options. So it wasn't pick just one answer. What was the biggest reason? It was which of the following reasons contributed to you turning off the NFL. And so the most popular answer was in support of Donald Trump. And I've written about this, too. I really believe that Trump's vitriol and tweets about the NFL and encouraging people to, to boycott had a major impact. I think that Trump has been a thorn in the NFL side this year. I don't think that's a stretch or going too far. And there's some history here. We know that Trump has always wanted to be an NFL owner. He made a play to buy the Bills, didn't end up buying them. Uh, he did own a USFL team in the short-lived USFL, the New Jersey Generals, years and years ago in the 80s. That only lasted two years. He was the leader amongst USFL owners in suing the NFL to try to get a piece of their cable deal. Didn't work. Didn't go well. Uh, it bankrupted the USFL. So he's been a problem for the NFL. That was the most popular response. Second most popular, and again, people could choose multiple answers here. So there obviously could have been overlap in these groups. In solidarity with players kneeling, 22%. And that's really ironic because the players protesting weren't trying to say, hey, boycott the NFL. They were trying to make a statement about police brutality and the way that black Americans are treated uh, in this country. And, and they made that statement, or at least that's how it started with Colin Kaepernick. You can argue that the tone of the protest changed and that maybe eventually some of the players were protesting Donald Trump. But that's funny that 22 percent of people said I turned off 
in solidarity with the protesting players. I mean, I, that wasn't really the goal of the protest. But then you have other things like, like we just discussed. Some of them said the games are boring, 9%. Then 11%, news about traumatic brain injury. That's been a major issue. I think people are more concerned about that than ever before. And then 46%, the most popular answer, other. So a number of reasons. But clearly, many, many people are less interested in the NFL than any time in the last decade. So it's a problem. Now, my big thing I like to warn and, and caution, the NFL is still the top, top dog in primetime television. I mean, 44 of the most watched 100 broadcasts in 2017 were NFL games. So, so Dan, let, let me ask you this, and I, I, I hadn't thought about it until you were going through uh, the, the, the litany, which I've seen in various places and in, 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 in that poll and elsewhere. And, and this may be uh, an oversimplified question, but but why are the other major sports avoiding this constant conversation? I mean, I think, you know, maybe there were moments in time when we had a conversation about the NBA and, and ratings in the early 80s, right. and, and maybe baseball for a moment before the home, home run derby. But they, it's been a while. I mean, how, how do they remain, uh, and I don't even know if they are, it's just not a discussion. How do they remain much more consistent, I guess, than, than the NFL? Yeah, I think it's worth wondering what is it about the NFL. Uh, there are a number of arguments you can make. Most of them are kind of anecdotal, but that doesn't mean they're not convincing. I mean, there's something about the NFL, right? We know that at some point it kind of truly became America's pastime. That's really not baseball anymore. In fact, there's also a separate narrative about, oh, baseball isn't as popular and it's waning. I don't really fully buy into that, but but certainly football is is the American pro sport, right? And And it's the NFL and it's you gather in your homes and you watch with your family or friends and you order pizza or snacks. I mean, we saw that uh, the CEO of Papa John's tried to blame the NFL declining ratings and the protests on Papa John's flat sales right. this year. And a lot of people rolled their eyes. But, I mean, his point is well taken, whether the numbers back it up or not, which is if fewer people are watching the games, then all of the different things. I mean, I mean there's so – the tentacles of the NFL stretch so far. There's so many different businesses or activities that are affected by that. You know, going to bars with your friends, ordering takeout, ordering wings, whatever it is. So his point is well taken there. Um, I think that maybe the NFL was, uh, it's sort of like heavy wears the crown, you know, the, the one that was most subject and at risk to suffer from cord cutting, to suffer from changing cable behaviors. Uh, I mean, they have these built-in endemic long-term deals that are starting to look really outdated, and some of them last till 2021, 2022. I mean, the way that people consume live television is rapidly changing. And the NFL has cut these deals that are going to last for a while longer that really uh, are starting to look outdated and, and don't reflect the way we now watch live sports. It's not the only league that that's the case. And, and by the way, NASCAR ratings are down. College football ratings are down. So you see that it's affecting all live sports. But certainly, as you asked, in terms of the politics, the NBA, either fairly or unfairly, has this very positive, wonderful reputation as being an open um, accepting league. I think a lot of that is the relatively new commissioner, Adam Silver. You know, he takes over and right away gets this test on the job of the Donald Sterling issue, you know, recorded uh, making a racist rant, and he sprang into action. And by the way, a lot of people say, well, look, that was a pretty easy decision. You know, maybe Goodell would have done the same thing. But springs into action, gets him out, bans him for life, uh, enables the sale of the team to, to Steve Ballmer, formerly of Microsoft. And so that made Silver a hero. And we know that Roger Goodell is on the complete opposite end. 
fans, either fairly or unfairly, think that Roger Goodell is a bad commissioner and that he's bad for the league and that he's done bad things. And and all of this adds up. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, Trump hasn't targeted the NBA, has he? He hasn't targeted Major League Soccer or the NHL. He has, since the third week of the NFL regular season, repeatedly criticized and publicly attacked the NFL and NFL leadership. And I think that has had a, an effect. <laughs> That's, you know, it's even, even more fascinating when you, you think about, you know, I, I mentioned on the show before the, the small potatoes, you know, 30 for 30, where, uh, you know, <laughs> Trump is skewered for, for his role in, in the destruction of the USFL. I, you know, it, it is, you know, it's conspiracy theory number 55 that he is he is finally getting his revenge against this. Oh, league. I, totally. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true. Right. I, you know, I, I look anything, anything with, with this president is potentially true. I, I am with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're listening to the Wharton Sports Business Show on Sirius XM 111. Uh, we not, are not the politics channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sports right. Business Show, and we're speaking with Dan Roberts, uh, a sports business writer of Yahoo Finance and host of the podcast series Sportsbook. Um, you, you touched a little bit on college there, uh, Dan. Um, is is college football feeling the impact here of of, of some of the negativity that's that's been going against the NFL, or, or are they? Do you think they might be benefiting from it? I actually think that college football is generally on the rise. The ratings are down overall, just like with NFL. But as I said other sports too and they're not down by as much as the nfl ratings are down by and the total minutes of college football games watched is up so that's a good indicator to look at uh you know it would be silly to say that college football doesn't have the issues of player head injuries i mean why wouldn't it it has the same risk uh and then of course this wasn't as much of an issue in the past year but maybe two years ago domestic violence cases off the field really hurt the nfl Everyone was freaking out over the Ray Rice incident and the Adrian Peterson incident. Those problems happen with college football as well. Uh, in fact, I was just plugging a couple days ago on Twitter. There's a fabulous book that came out in 2017 called Violated, and that was about uh, repeated rape cases involving the Baylor football team and how Baylor as a university kind of didn't handle them properly, didn't investigate them fully. So all of these are issues. And yet, I know this is just sort of a, it's just an argument based on feeling, but it Somehow college football, I think many fans feel that it's more pure. And I know we can get into the debate about should these athletes be paid? They work so hard. Football is their whole life. They're barely in school as it is. And should they be compensated? And then the other side of it is, well, they're, they're compensated with four years of free education. Forget that debate for a moment. I still think even with that going on, there's just something more magical about college football. I mean, look at New Year's Day and the New Year's Six Bowls. Uh, ESPN saw record ratings for those. I mean, that Rose Bowl game was incredible. The national title game was incredible. Uh, this year's national title game, in fact, was, I think, the third highest rated cable program ever. So people are watching college football. It's always going to be around. Uh, you know, we can talk later about ESPN and its business, but something like College Game Day and ESPN's relationship with college football, that is really steady. That's not going to change. You know, people say, oh, ESPN overpaid for the NBA contract. Well, something you're going to sure see them stick with is college football. So, you know, if we're talking 10 years from now, I would bet more on the sustainable future of college football than I would on the NFL. Well, that, that, that's kind of the, the question I wanted to ask to, to put a little bit of a bow on the NFL discussion. Is there going to be an uphill 
is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Is there a positive season potentially on, on the horizon? Uh, I mean, can, can, you know, and you mentioned the commissioner. Is there a way to uh, put a stake in the ground on all the stuff that's happened and, and try to move forward in, in the positive direction that you know, America's national pastime uh, should move forward? Yeah, I think there are a few things the league could do. We talked about offering more options to fans for viewing games. Uh, it's hard because they have these built-in deals, and they're already slowly, gradually, quietly offering more allowances to streaming partners. So Amazon this year streamed 10 Thursday night football games, uh, if you have Amazon Prime. Uh, they just announced a deal with Verizon. I should mention here that's our parent company, you know, owns Yahoo, uh, to stream the NFL playoffs for free on smartphones for anyone, even if you don't have Verizon, through the Yahoo Sports app. So it's beginning to offer more options, and you're seeing that they at least know that they need to change and be more flexible. But what they still can't do is let you stream at low cost out-of-market games. That's the issue. So, as I said, I'm a Patriots fan, but I live in New York. If they are playing at 1 o'clock on a Sunday, it's very hard for me to see the game, unless they are playing the Giants, Jets, or Bills. I have to go to a bar that has red zone. You know, I have the local channels. I have CBS, NBC, Fox, but they're not going to be showing the Patriots. I would love to pay for some kind of package that lets me stream on my iPad or computer every Patriots game during the season. But it doesn't exist. I could get all of red zone. It's very expensive. The whole system is set up to try to force you to pay for a cable subscription. And as we know, most people now, most young people, don't see that as worthwhile. Uh, I don't, personally. So that needs to change. And we're going to see them offer more options. But it's tough. I mean, if I'm CBS and they say, okay, you're still going to get to show the same number of games. But also, over here, separately, we're going to let this other company stream the games. I don't like that, you know. So they need to keep their broadcast partners happy. So that needs to change. And then politically, and this is really hard, let's see what happens next season. Is Trump going to beat the drum all over again about protests? Or since the number of protesting players, I think it was only two players left anyway at the end of the regular season, has gone down, if nothing happens to bring those back, maybe he shuts up about it. But I can guarantee you, and I know because I've talked to people in the league office, they would love for him to just butt out, <laughs> stop tweeting about the NFL. So if that happens, you'll see the political narrative die off a little bit. In terms of the commissioner, uh, I think fans who hate Roger Goodell are not going to start liking him, but that's okay. They don't need to like him. And I think many fans of football forget that he works for the team owners. There are 32 team owners. All they care about is, is he making them money? And he has steadily helped the league get higher revenue every year for a decade. Now, maybe you could say that's a pretty easy job and anyone could do that because it's football. But we'll see what happens in the next few years. Maybe you start to see that revenue dip. And and do you think that's why a lot of his uh, his new contract was was incentive based? Because maybe some of the owners are feeling that maybe there is a plateau and that 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 he isn't going to be able to continue to see those increases. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of them too. His job is to quite literally be the shield. You know, his favorite phrase ever knows is protect the shield. He's all about the integrity of the league, the image of the league. But it's really on him to be the public face of that and to basically take those hits. And all of this political narrative, you know, we, we know via insidery reports, often from ESPN, that a couple of the most powerful owners, like Jerry Jones, feel that all this should have been handled differently, should have been nipped in the bud. Uh, 
uh, and that hasn't made Jerry Jones look very good either. I mean, there's sort of no one to root for in this, right? But, uh, yeah, I, I, I know that based on reports, Goodell isn't happy at how many incentives he has to hit under his new contract. You know, he wanted something like uh, $50 million and didn't get it, wanted, like, lifetime use of a private jet, health insurance, family. And, again, you know, when people saw reports of what he was trying to get with his new contract, they were outraged and the numbers are, you know, cause outrage. But again, all that matters is, is he making more money each year for those team owners? And he has up until now. So let's see about the next two years. Yeah. So, Dan, the um, there's been a couple of brands. You mentioned Papa John's. Uh, there's other brands that have been kind of caught up in, in all of this politics. And, and how, how all of these challenges with the NFL and the league, how is that going to impact uh, these brands and, and other brands getting involved with the NFL? Yeah, I'm glad. I know we touched on that earlier, but I think that's been one of the hugest stories in 2017. Look, it's not just the NFL. We talked about ESPN. Uh, There's a loud narrative online that ESPN has a liberal bias. People screaming about that. Oh, ESPN went liberal. Uh, It was a year in which either prompted by this new wild new world of the President Trump administration or not, but 2017 was a year in which consumer brands that normally would never have to touch politics were yanked into politics. I mean, you saw, you know, Tic Tac had to issue a statement saying Tic Tac respects women. I mean, it's it's sort of absurd, isn't it? it, it it's like surreal. Uh, you know, Tiki Torch had to issue a statement saying Tiki Torch is for, you know, fun backyard gatherings, not for Nazi rallies. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's wild. That's, that's where we are. These are things that, yeah, that, that's where we are. I mean, companies feel compelled to to say, it, no, 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 you know, we stand for this, def- we stand for this, not it, this. It definitely is, Dan, and, and we are up against the end of the show, so we want to thank you for joining us today. Um, you've been listening to the Warden Sports Business Show on Sirius X, XM 111. Join us again next Tuesday at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.